Hey, we're Phil and Meredith, and we're the pastors here at Cornerstone Church, and we are so glad that you are here with us today. It's our prayer that this message is an inspiration to you, that it builds you up, that it stirs your faith right now in your today, as well as in the days to come. We believe that God has great things for you. God bless you. I'm going to speak to you here just for a few minutes about God. This series is called Forever, Forever. I, I like the way that Meredith said it last week, and that is that um, sometimes you have to have someone to kind of lead you into understanding who God is. Um, because if you just study God as a subject matter, it doesn't mean that you know God. I like to say it this way. Nobody can teach you God. People can teach you about God. It, it, it's like you trying to teach me Kathy. Can't nobody teach you Kathy. Kathy can't even teach me Kathy. But, but you have to know someone because otherwise you just know about someone. Here, here's the verse I'm going I'm, I'm to give you today. This is out of Daniel uh, chapter 11. This is kind of going to be my, my starting text, and then I'm, I'm going to go into it. Daniel chapter 11 and verse number 32. But the people that do know their God shall be strong. And do exploits. The people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Put your hand on yourself and say, I am strong, I am strong. and I will do exploits. This, this to me is the understanding of God. I think, I think knowing God, I think uh, walking with God is a lifelong journey. It is, it is not something that you end up with an A on the paper and then you're done. It's not a semester. It, it, it's, it, it's not like a curriculum. It is a life that you continue to walk with God in. <clears throat> so just l let me give you a, a couple of things because we're going to do this all this month about forever uh, knowing the unchanging God. We're going to talk about it all this month, hopefully, to help you know more about how to know God. So when I think about God, I, I, I think about this this. Uh, this understanding. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Everybody say one. He is one. He is one. You'll hear more about that throughout, throughout the month, but, but one is that God is indivisible. Um, you cannot separate anything from God from who he is. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. The Bible says that God made us in his image. Walk with me for just a minute because the way that we know God is we have things called natural revelation. We know something about God through nature. We have special revelation, which has to do with things like the Bible. And then we have exceptional revelation, which is when God talks to you all by himself. So natural revelation, uh, we, we understand something about God. Here's what you have to know about God. God is holy. Holy means other. Other, it means that there is nothing like God. Whatever you can find, God says, yes, but I'm other. And you say, oh, this is really good. God said, yeah, but I'm other. So it's very difficult to really know God unless he desires to be known because he's so other. God is not a man. God is not creation. God is, there is no other. 
God is God. So here's what the Bible teaches us, though, in Genesis. That God created us in his image and in his likeness. So the way that I can know God is something about the way that he created me. So God made us spirit, soul, and body. If you don't have a body, you need to get up out of here right now because we don't... We, so, so you have a spirit. Everybody say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. This is how God made us, spirit, soul, and body. But you are not three, you are one. Hmm. God is not three, God is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one God. So I understand I am spirit, I am soul, I am body, but I am one. Um, I, I also understand that um, to Kathy, I am husband. To Meredith, I am dad. To others, I am bishop. But I am one. People get confused. If we have spirit, soul, and body, then God is Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But he is one. He is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, he is one God. God has made us in his image. Now, what we, what we know about God now, if I can continue on with this, is that God lives uh, independently. We're trying, to, we're trying to give you all a bunch of stuff this month to help you understand that to know God and to, and to appreciate him in a greater way than ever before. God is independent. God exists without the consciousness of need. God does not need anything. He doesn't need air to breathe. He doesn't need water to drink. He doesn't need you to clap for him, for him to know he's God. He was God for you started clapping, and he's going to be God when you get done clapping. God exists without need. He is independent. That means he exists solely on his own, without need. Everything God has created is for the need of something or somebody else because God doesn't need it. God doesn't need angels. God doesn't need stars. God doesn't need seasons. God doesn't need a ground to walk on. God doesn't need anything. God exists without consciousness of need. This is important. This is important because if God does not need something, then the question becomes, why would God create something? If God doesn't need it, that means he desires it. So God did not create you because he needed you. He created you because he desired you. That's, that's a greater concept than need. Because God could exist without us and did exist without us, but he desired. He desired to see your face. He desired to look behind your mask. <laughs> he, de he desired to hear your voice. He desired for you. And since God desires us, then he created us that we might worship and serve him. <clears throat> so when we understand that God exists without need, God also exists without time. 
the, I, I'm, I'm sorry to do this to you because these are the things that make your brain cramp. Right? When you start talking about the everlasting God, a God who has no beginning and no end, it makes your brain cramp. But God has no beginning. And God has no end. That's why we were singing Alpha and Omega. So God does not matriculate through time. You move through time, but God does not. God sees all time equally at the same time. God sees past, present, and future at the same time. This ought to give you a reason to praise. Because when you're moving through time, you're like, you know, you don't, you don't know exactly what's going on at any given time. But God's already at the end of the thing. He's already saying, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. And I've already determined to give you a good end. And, and God stands on the outside of time. You and I live in time. But God does not exist in time. Whenever God puts, hang on, whenever God puts something in time, it's because he wants to alter it. Time changes things. That's your little tweetable moment right there. Time changes things. You, you don't want to say that, but I see you getting older. But time changes things I'm gonna say it one more time time changes things how many of you are the same person you were when you were 20 time changes things so <laughs> so what happens is time is what God uses to alter something Watch this. When Adam and Eve were created, they were created without consciousness of time until they ate of the forbidden tree. And then God put them in time. Watch. Lucifer lived outside of time until he violated God's laws. And then guess what God did? He wrapped him up and threw him into time. Because time is God's way of altering something. And he said about Lucifer, the time will come. And your days will be short. And, and the Bible tells us that the, that the enemy is working hard because he knows his time is short. You remember when, they, when, when Jesus went and the demons came and said, have you come to torment us before our time so whenever God puts something into time he alters it he put mankind into time not for punishment but he put Adam and Eve into time so that they could be redeemed because had they eaten of the tree of eternal life in a fallen state they would have never changed so God put them out of the garden put them into time then took Jesus, the Word of God, out of time, wrapped him in the flesh, put him into time to come save us on time so we could be redeemed in time and be brought up outside of time. This is the forever God. This is a forever God. 
So let's, let's, let's talk about a few things. God is omniscient. Omniscience. Omniscience. Omniscient. That means God knows everything. God, no, uh, no. God knows everything. Somebody say everything, everything. God knows everything. God does not learn. God does not study. God does not figure. God does not gather information. God does not take counsel. God ain't asking nobody. God knows everything. God knows everything. That means that everything that can be known and things that you don't know can be known, God knows. He knows the beginning from the end. He, he ain't trying to figure it out. He knows the hairs on your head. He ain't trying to count them. He just can't help but know it. Can you imagine how God is that he knows everything because he can't help but know it? He knows when the sparrows fall from the sky. He knows your uprisings and your downfallings. He knows how many hairs are on people's heads. He knows, he knows David said he knows the words out of my mouth before I even say them. God knows all of it. God is omniscient. This is important because if you're going to serve this God, this forever God, this forever God, you have to know that nothing is beyond his knowing. We get concerned in life when we don't know and what we don't know and how we don't know. But God knows it all. God knows it all. And so I want to tell you today that no matter what you may be facing, no matter what you're going through, God already knows it for you. And God has not planned anything that is, has your destruction in mind. God has only planned for your blessing. I want somebody in this room to throw a hand up right here and just wave it and say, God knows everything. God knows everything. God, God is not only omniscience, omniscient. God is omnipotent. We use the word omnipotent, omnipotent. That means God has all potential. <laughs> See, it don't take nothing for God to do something. Uh, God can create the entire universe in what is a few of our days, but God is no more exhausted at the end of it than he was at the beginning of it. God did not rest because he was tired. God rest because he was finished. And, and God can move mountains. God can change things. God is omnipotent. All potential is in God. I'm, sti I'm, still on my, I'm still on my verse that God created you in his image. So what God has in omni, you have in something. So God is omniscient, but you have some science. God has all potential, but you have some potential. That's why you have to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because you have potential on the inside of you because you were created in the image of God. But God has all potential. You, you have to know then that when God is independent, and God is sovereign, that there is nothing 
Watch me. There is nothing that is over God. Because I've heard people in church before say, well, God is bound by his word. Well, not really. God is bound by laws. Not really. Because if God is bound by anything, then whatever he's bound by makes them God rather than him. God is not bound by the laws he created. You might be bound by gravity, but God's not. The Bible said it's, it's appointed unto man once to die. And then the judgment. But Jesus raised people from the dead. Jesus walks on water. Jesus speaks to the wind. Why? To show you that the law is not above God. You, you should really clap over this. The, the reason you should clap over this is because whenever you ask God for a miracle, what you're asking him to do is to bend the law. You're asking him to step into the order that he created and say, can you turn this on my behalf? So he's not bound by that. So he has all potential. He has all science. This, this one right here is another thing that makes your brain hurt. God is everywhere all the time. I might have to sit down on this one. God is omnipresent. No, God is omnipresent. This is difficult. For the mind to get around because we have in part what god has without measure he created us in his image so i know when i'm present i know when i'm in a room i know where i'm at who i'm talking to but god is omnipresent i mean how do you figure this out have you ever i mean have you ever thought about things like um when we all pray how does god hear all of us at the same time right and God's hearing people pray in Chinese, in Hindi, from Africa, from Mexico, from Maumee, and they're all praying at the same time. And in, 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 in our brain, we figure like God's got the switchboard up there, you know, <laughs> trying to get it. God is everywhere, all the time, knowing everything. That's an amazing concept. So when it says that God is everywhere at all the time, then we have to understand that that means that God is not just right now everywhere, but he feels, this is what Hebrew says, he feels all time and space. That means God is still in the first day. He ain't never left the first day. And then he moved into the second day, but he was still in the first day. Then he moved into the third day, but he's still the first day. On the second day, in the third day. God fills all time and space, upholding all things by the word of his power. Which means that God is still making sure that everything does what he created it to do for all time. So God is still in the first day making sure that the light is still light. God is making sure that trees don't turn into monkeys and monkeys don't turn into people and men don't turn into women and women don't turn into guys. God's, I'm, I'm, he's still in every day making sure everything is still what he created it to do. That means he's still in the beginning, but he's also at the end. He feels all time and space because God is everywhere 
all the time. That means that when you go to pray, when you go to pray, when you go to pray and you ask God and you're learning about God and you're trying to understand this forever God, then that means that when you pray, you know that God is there. He is with us. He is Emmanuel, God who is with us. It doesn't take God leaving someplace to show up where I'm at. God is already where I'm at before I start calling on him. So this week, when you start calling on God, just know that he's already there. God is omniscient. God is omnipresent. God has all potential. And God has all power. Those that do know their God shall be strong. And they will do exploits. I, I, I'm going to pray a prayer for you, but I, but, but I, got this, uh, I got this other verse for you here. Because th this thing is, funny, uh, is fun to me to think about how God is invisible. Because we live in two worlds at the same time. We live in an invisible world and a material world. And we're so used to the material world. Things that are made out of concrete. Things that are made out of material. Yet, but God is invisible. Now, how do we serve a God who we can't see? We serve a God that we can't see because he gave us a thing. He gave us a thing called faith. Because we are created in his image, spirit, soul, and body. And out of those things, the only thing that is material is body. But your spirit and your soul are invisible. With your soul, you emote, you relate, and you talk, and you have personality, and your spirit is what will live forever. You will live forever as a spirit. Somewhere, you're going to be forever. You're going to be forever as a spirit. And so God is invisible. So we serve an invisible God with the invisibility of our faith. Our faith is not seen visibly to other people unless it comes into action. We know that faith without works is dead. But our faith is, is invisible. Our faith is something that we believe. It is something that we hold dear to us. I believe it is so important in today's world because I think with the way that things are happening in the world today that we are seeing that a lot of church people have been to church, but they don't know the forever God. They don't know the forever God. And, and some churches have just become a little bit more like motivational speaking and, you know, and things like that. But people have lost their integrity of faith to say, I will stand for God. I will live for God. I will worship God. And they know something about God. So our, our concept during this time is to make sure that you get God down in your heart. Get God down in your heart. Because nobody can teach you God. They can teach you about God, but you got to know God for yourself. You got to get way down on the inside. You got to serve him and you got to love him. And you don't have to be afraid of God. I'm, I'm going to quit here in a minute. But you don't have to be afraid of God. Because I find out that when people don't really know God or know how to know God, they're afraid of God. 
They're afraid to go to God and say, God, I don't understand what you're doing. Has, have you ever went through a season of your life and you tell God, you know, uh, can I phone a friend or get a clue or what you're doing? And, and I noticed that sometimes people that have a lot of religious training that don't know God are afraid to talk to God. Let me tell you how I talk to God. I don't talk to God. I, I, I never go to God and say, hey, God's bishop here. Because God don't call me bishop. Kathy don't either, really. But, but sometimes I'll say, hey, God, Michael here. And, um, but when I talk to God, I talk to him because I know he knows me. And I know that he knows what I'm thinking before I say it, but somehow he wants me to say it anyway. Right? So the Bible says your heavenly father knows what you have need of before you ask, but ask. I'm like, okay. So you, you can go through times and seasons of life and you, I don't care whether you're raising kids or starting a business or money's acting funny or people acting funny, whatever it is. And um, every so often I, I, I would tell God, I would say, okay, look, um, this, it's me here. And God says, yeah, I know. And um, I said, um, how about you give me a clue as to what, what it is you're doing? Anybody ever been in that boat? Like, you know, you're going through something in life and you say, you say to God, just, could you just send me a clue? You know, if you tell me what we're doing here, then I can get on the program. Send me a clue. And, um, and you realize that when you talk to God, you say, okay, well, give me a clue. Let me phone a friend. Let me do this. Let me do that. And then God is always like, trust me. Walk by faith, not by sight. Make sure you bring your soul under control of your spirit and walk it out. So here, here's, my, here's my last point on this for real. David, don't, don't go r r tell Bishop Wines to hang on. So, so here's how this goes. Because the picture of the garden, Adam, Eve, garden, is the picture of us created in the image of God. All right? So there, there are masculine and feminine tenses, words, throughout different languages. Right? Spanish, masculine, feminine. French, masculine, feminine. Greek, Hebrew, we don't have that so much in, in English. but So in other words, wisdom is a feminine tense word. It doesn't mean men don't have wisdom. I know some of y'all don't think we do. But, but wisdom is a feminine tense. Let wisdom have her perfect word. It's a feminine tense word. You got that? Patience is a feminine tense word. Let patience have her perfect word. Faith is a masculine tense word. So when faith and patience intercourse, they produce a baby called joy. Uh, spirit is a masculine tense word. It is the new man that is created. If any man be in Christ, 
he is a new creature. It, don't, it doesn't mean that women don't have a soul. It means it's a masculine tense word. Are you tracking with me? Anyway, there, there are several of these I could go through. My point is that the picture of the garden goes like this. God's forever covenant is not with your body. God's forever covenant is not with your soul. God's forever covenant is with your spirit. God did not make a covenant with Eve. Come on, y'all. God made a covenant with Adam. Why? Because Adam represents spirit. Eve represents soul. So God's covenant is with Adam. It is Adam's responsibility to make sure that he communicates the covenant to Eve. But when the spirit does not govern the soul, then the serpent is going to come talk to the soul. And the serpent talks to the soul when the spirit is not there. Y'all not hearing me. That's a whole nother message for you guys. If you don't watch out for your wife, some snake is going to get up in there. But anyway, so, so, so Eve is over here at this tree because the, the desire of the soul is to find knowledge of good and of evil. Trying to become as God, becoming your own God. And so many people are dictated to by their own feelings. If you feel it, then it must be right. It ain't right just because you feel it. So, so Adam is supposed to be there to govern over Eve because God communicated with Adam. And then when Adam is not present, the serpent comes in and begins to beguile or to talk to Eve and then Eve, the soul, has the, the ability to sway the spirit. What I'm trying to tell you is that if you're going to know God, you have to understand that your spirit has to be in relationship with God to such a degree that it can govern over your emotions. Because you cannot be unstable in your emotions you cannot be double-minded in your thinking you cannot be moved one way or the other all of us have feelings and God uses our passions but the other thing is you have to govern those passions you have to put your spirit over top of that and say I'm going to enlist everything that God gave me my energy my emotions my mind my intellect my body my whatever talents God gave you you're going to put that enlist that into the serving of God because the Lord our God is one God and those that do know their God shall be strong and they will do exploits everybody stand up on your feet right here I want to pray for you today not too long of a service here today I want to pray for you today that you will know God in a better way than you ever have before.
I was, I was talking to a couple friends the other day, and I was telling them, they were asking me, I was doing a, a Zoom chat with some pastors, and they were asking me about some people that I, that I know who have passed, like Oral Roberts and Dr. Sumrall, Moore Cirillo. And I said, one of the things that I always knew about them was that they always lived close to their miracle moment. What is your miracle moment? Lester Summerall was saved when he was like 16 years old. And he's still telling me about it a month before he died because he always lived close to his miracle moment. I was in San Diego, California preaching and Morris Cirillo called my hotel room and he said, can we get some coffee today? I was just laughing because he called the, he didn't call the cell phone, he called my hotel room. And we went down and got some coffee and he started crying, telling me about how God talked to him when he was in the orphanage, when he was a child. He was still close to his miracle moment. I remember Oral Roberts telling me, he was gonna pray for me one time, and he said, do you want me to pray for you like a regular prayer, or you want me to give you a tent prayer? He goes, because if I give you a tent revival prayer, I'm gonna knock you down. I said, well, knock me down, you know. And, uh, but he started talking about how he was a teenager and how God spoke to him. You have to live close to your miracle moment. Somewhere, somehow, in your life, God has brought you through. God has brought you through. You would not be here today if it wasn't for God on your side. Somebody tried to take you out. I see you waving at me. I see you. Somebody tried to take you out. Somebody tried to hold you down. All kinds of odds were working against you. And it may not have been easy, but guess what? You're still breathing. You're still breathing. You're still breathing. Woo! You're still breathing because God, God has been on your side. And God has been. I, I just want to challenge you this week as you're learning to know more about God. To live close to your miracle moment. To look back over your life and to remember, had it not been for God who was on my side, had God not made a way where there was no way, and nobody may know it like you know it, but you can look back over your life and say, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, how close you were to losing it all, how close you were to falling, how close you were to being destroyed, but God, but God, but God made a way where there was no way. Is there anybody in here today that can give God a hand clap of praise and can thank Him? Woo! I'm just going to clap for just a minute for myself. So I'm going to pray this prayer for you today so that you know so that you know that this week, as you talk about the forever God, that you will live close to your miracle moment of the omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent, invisible, 
and indivisible, ever-loving God who is working on your behalf. Father God, I thank you today for every person near and far, name by name, face by face, under the sound of my voice, from the back row of the balcony to the front row, those that are joining us online, those that have come, those that are standing here. And I thank you that throughout this time, we will know you better than we've ever known you before. Help us to love you more dearly, to follow you more nearly, and to hear you more clearly. We love you. We thank you. We bless you. We magnify you. We glorify you in the name that is above every name. I'd like for us to take about maybe 10 or 20 seconds just for like a, a, just like a radical praise just for the heck of it. Come on, play something. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. I said, oh, my goodness. He's a way maker. He's a miracle worker. He's a burden lifter. He's a heavy load sharer. He's a mind regulator. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. My God. I said, my God. My God is a mountain mover. I got to behave myself because y'all just got one of them like COVID praises. <laughs> y'all got a halfway praise, but I got an on-time God. I got a God that will speak and the waters will open up. He will bring down manna for you. He creates a way where there is no way. I need somebody in this room that serves a forever, a forever unchanging God. People may change, times may change, but God don't ever change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God didn't want to heal you, he should never have started because once he started, he can't change. If God didn't want to deliver you, he should never have started because once he started, he don't ever change. He is the same God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. He is one God yesterday, today, and forever. Come on up here, Meredith. Come up here and let everybody go. Clap your hands one time. We are believing that that word will bring strength and hope into your life. Absolutely. If God just spoke to you through this message and you're stirred right now to partner with us and to sow financially into the ministry that is Cornerstone Church, I want to encourage you to jump on over to our website, which is simply cornerstone.church and click the Give button. Find the avenue that is most convenient for you today. That's right, we are gonna continue spreading the message of the gospel and we look forward to continuing to connect together.